Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. It's Wednesday, September 20th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Climate change is fueling higher costs, yet a federal program has not required farmers to change. So you're encouraging farmers to plant in these high-risk areas like floodplains that are going to result in more more loss. In just a few minutes, we will examine the future of crop insurance as it comes up for renewal this year. St. Louis County Council members have approved a $155 million tax incentive package for Boeing. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt reports the brakes are for a nearly $2 billion development the aerospace company plans to build near Lambert International Airport. The council voted 4-1 to one to approve the deal. It gives Boeing a break on half its real estate and personal property taxes on the project over the next 10 years. Councilwoman Rita Hurd-Days sponsored the legislation. She says it will help Boeing build a facility that will make it more competitive for future defense contracts. I look at the Boeing opportunity as having a positive financial impact on economic development and other services that go along with the possibility of us getting this. Days says the new development part of which is in her district, will also help elevate communities in North County. Boeing still needs approval from the St. Louis Board of Aldermen to lease land at Lambert. A bill for that advanced out of committee on Monday. I'm Eric Schmid, St. Louis Public Radio. Webster University faculty members have no confidence in university leadership. The student newspaper, Webster Journal, reports the faculty senate voted in favor of the no confidence motion this week. The student newspaper reports members are concerned about the leadership of President Julian Schuster and Chancellor Beth Strobel. There are also allegations of mismanagement of funds. This week's faculty Senate vote does not directly remove Schuster and Strobel from their positions. They have not commented. Missouri has underfunded Lincoln University, a historically black university, by hundreds of millions of dollars over the last three decades. Savannah Holly Bates reports. The Departments of Education and Agriculture studied how Missouri, as well as 15 other states, underfunded historically black colleges and universities per student and state funds between 1987 and 2020. The agencies found that Missouri underfunded Lincoln University in Jefferson City by $361 million compared to how it funded other land-grant universities founded for white people. A letter sent to Missouri Governor Mike Parson suggested funding the university through a state allocation toward the deficit combined with a budget commitment to fund it equally with other land-grant institutions. I'm Savannah Holly bates The International Institute of St. Louis is launching a Latino outreach program to attract 3,000 Latin American immigrants to the region by the end of the year. The Biden administration is accepting thousands of people from Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Venezuela through a new program. Immigrants with sponsors can live and work in the U.S. for two years. Institute President R.A. Obenson says the initiative will connect immigrants from the four countries to employers. This is about creating a path to prosperity, not just for those who are coming here with their talent, but for those who are here who are in dire need of this talent. The program will provide housing assistance and language services. Human Rights Watch has given Missouri a failing grade for protecting children's rights. Jody Fortino has more on the international advocacy group's latest scorecard. 
The organization assessed how states met international standards on child marriage, corporal punishment, child labor, and juvenile justice. No states received an A or B grade. Missouri ranked 36th in the country, receiving an F for allowing corporal punishment in schools and child marriage. School districts across Missouri can decide whether to use corporal punishment, but must have parental permission. The minimum age to get married in Missouri is 16, with the consent of one parent or guardian. Missouri does prohibit corporal punishment in foster care, group homes, and juvenile detention centers. I'm Jody Fortino. St. Louis is among a handful of communities in the region that does not regulate short-term rentals like Airbnb. The city's Board of Aldermen wants to put regulations on the books during this session to change that. Under the proposal, short-term rentals would be required to have a permit and hosts would have to get a business license if the property is not their primary residence. St. Louis assessor Michael Doffin says short-term rentals have created problems, including public safety concerns and out-of-state property owners. What we see a lot of are absent owners who who are renting out the platform for the, the unit for, we'll just say, one night, uh, and, and from there problems can, can certainly occur. Dauphin was a guest on St. Louis on the Air. A new ordinance will allow homeowners in Belleville to keep chickens in their backyards. The Belleville News Democrat reports the new rules outline the control of urban chickens, The regulations only deal with hens. Roosters are still banned. City council members approved the ordinance this week. They followed other Metro East cities, including Edwardsville and Collinsville, in ending a decades-long ban. Farming is risky. Success depends on the weather, and the weather is getting more extreme. Taxpayers help protect farmers with federally subsidized crop insurance, a program that's up for renewal this year. Climate change is making it much more expensive. As Harvest Public Media's Frank Morris reports, some argue subsidized crop insurance is shielding farmers too much. Droughts, like the one that destroyed much of this year's Kansas wheat crop, are tough on farmers. A drenching rain came too late to save John Thamer's crop. But a federal program softened the blow. Thankfully, I've got crop insurance, which will help. Say, thank goodness for crop insurance. Crop insurance doesn't make you money. It keeps you in business to plant again next year. It's a beautiful thing. Taxpayers pick up most of the bill for this protection. The government pays roughly 60 cents on the dollar for crop insurance premiums and then shells out hefty subsidies directly to the insurance companies involved on top of that. Jennifer Ift, an agricultural economist at Kansas State University, says the program keeps growing bigger and more important. Crop insurance is a foundation of the federal farm safety net, and that's language that is commonly used. Ift says crop insurance guarantees farm income, which means banks get paid, farm towns stay afloat, and U.S. farmers continue growing lots of food year after year. Crop insurance is up for renewal this year as part of the Farm Bill being debated this month. Congress has expanded and sweetened the program in the last few farm bills. It now covers over 100 crops. Corn, soybeans, cotton, and wheat are the big ones. Last year, it insured more than 490 million acres. Taxpayers pony up about $9 billion in a typical year. And that number is rising, according to Steve Morris, a director in the U.S. Government Accountability Office. And, and part of that is just because of the scale and, and size of the program. You're having more producers sign up, et cetera. 
the latest cost were, you know, upwards of 15 billion or so. So it's, you know, it's a very large program and it's getting bigger. Last year, insurance companies paid out more than 19 billion dollars to cover crop losses. That's a record. Drought caused most of the damage. And Noah Diffenbaum, a climate scientist at Stanford, says droughts are likely to keep getting worse. The probabilities of extreme events, both events that are as severe as what we've experienced historically, as well as events that are more extreme than what we've experienced historically, those are changing. Diffenbaugh figures that in a severe drought, like last year, climate change causes about half the losses covered by crop insurance. And Scheckinger, senior analyst at the Environmental Working Group, says that by shielding farmers from some of that, crop insurance encourages risk-taking because farmers are playing partly with house money. Right now, high-risk land is subsidized at the same rate as regular, perfectly productive farmland. So you're encouraging farmers to plant in these high-risk areas like floodplains that are going to result in more more loss over time. Many private sector insurance companies are pulling out of disaster-prone regions, even whole states, to cut their exposure to climate change. Meanwhile, Scheckinger says subsidized crop insurance covers the biggest cash crops no matter where they're planted. So... It is totally opposite from what most insurance industries are doing right now with climate change because the federal government is still choosing to fund the crop insurance program even though there are you know huge losses because of climate change and taxpayers are still left to, to subsidize these losses. Schechinger says Congress should tailor the crop insurance program to reward greener farming practices. Encourage farmers to retire marginal land, for instance, or use less fertilizer. But federally subsidized crop insurance is bedrock farm policy. And many farm state legislators want to use the current farm bill to keep crop insurance growing. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Frank Morris. Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest, including St. Louis Public Radio. Before wrapping up... This is a pretty special day, Um, you know, Standing up here, uh, being the captain of the St. Louis Blues, um, you know, something I'll remember forever. That is Braden Shen moments after being named the 24th captain since the inception of the St. Louis Blues. He has a clear understanding of the historic significance of yesterday's announcement. The list of guys that have been the captain of the St. Louis Blues before with, you know, the Plager brothers to Bernie Federico, uh, kind of the era of I grew up watching with Gretzky Hall, Pronger, McInnes, to be... Uh, in history with the St. Louis Blues of, of being a captain with those guys, it's, it's pretty special and a tremendous honor, and I'm excited for the opportunity and challenge. The 32-year-old Shen is starting his seventh season with the Blues. He's totaled 341 points over that time. The Blues have been without a captain since trading Ryan O'Reilly to Toronto last season. Training camp for the National Hockey League team opens tomorrow. The Gateway is a presentation of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.